1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Phone lines are open for you, 916-909-1320.
2: Uh, James Hamm will join us here uh, in just a little bit. Um, we did mention this earlier. We should probably follow up on this since we were talking football, and we're going to get back to the Kings here shortly. Uh, Tua tonga has been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. Uh, I don't think think that's particularly surprising because you're starting to see a lot of uh, there's a there's a lot of write ups that say yeah Tua Tonga is being you know rolled out because you know he hasn't been cleared from m- maybe his second concussion yeah. and everyone's saying maybe because they know deep down it's probably his third it could be, even be as high as his fourth but I think everybody knows it's not his second and putting him back out there now without running a litany of tests on him uh, and his brain. Mm-hmm. is a bad, bad idea. Mm-hmm. It sucks for Miami. They were having a phenomenal season. Um, but, you know, life above football.
3: You know, I know after the one in Cincinnati, I said he should be out for the rest of the year. I'm not sure what Tua's NFL career looks like moving forward, if he has one. You know, and I, I'd hate to say that because, you know, the, the, this is what he does. It's what he loves to do. You know, and it would suck for him to have that taken away from him due to injury so young and still so capable. But I I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable having Tua coming back out there. I don't know if I was his father, if that was my son out there, that I'd be comfortable with him going out and playing football again. Three major concussions, at least that we know about. You know, we don't know what has happened in in the past or in practice or all this other stuff, but we know this year – Three major concussions in one year, in one season. It's not even a year. It's like a four month span. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want him going back out there ever.
2: I I I I, I would love for him to see doctors, plural, independent of the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. and independent of the National Football League, and allow them to help him make a decision. Because you know the Dolphins in in the NFL. Yeah, hey, good. Had a whole off season. You know you. Your brain healed. You're good to go. Just a little rest healed. and relaxation. You're, you're, you're good to go. Mm. Um, now, meet with some doctors that talk to you about this process. What happens when you get a concussion? Uh, what happens in the months to follow? What happens if you get another one? Uh, do you become more susceptible to getting concussions after you have one? Do you become more susceptible to getting concussions after you had multiple of them in a short period of time? Uh, those are the types of questions Tua tonga needs to be asking doctors. Again, independent of the National Football League this offseason. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think anybody believes that the Miami Dolphins are going to beat the Buffalo Bills uh, this weekend. Uh, so it's sad to see the, the this promising season uh, for the Miami Dolphins uh, and their fans, uh, Jesse, come come to a conclusion uh, the way it did. Tua tonga was a legitimate MVP candidate
3: uh, oh, for sure.
2: just six short weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the way this season is gone is just just tough.
3: Oh, they ran up against the Niners. Just saying, I'm just saying. You know, did
2: you see that? Jesse's st- about to cut your mic off. <laughs> like it's it's about the, it's about did the. Did you see that? Right You're uh, going to mysteriously disappear from the stream again.
3: <laughs> did you see that stat um, that NFL record the Niners made over the weekend where they w- was became it the, the Owen? Yeah, the first team in NFL history. Teams went 0 and 15 the week after playing against them.
2: That's amazing.
3: I remember that was that used to be a thing with the Seahawks during the Legion of Boom era. Like there, I remember their writers and fans would talk about that. I, I thought at some point maybe they went oh, Well, maybe there's an extra game or something like that. Um, but I thought they had one. You know, a team went 1 and 12 or 1 and 13 or something like that against you know the following week after playing them. I did not know that the Niners were the first team to be able to do that. So that's that's a trip.
2: That's a ridiculous stat. <laughs> An absolutely ridiculous stat. That is a
3: trip. And hey, one other thing before we get out of here, um, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You want to say that now or you want to wait? Uh, no, we can talk about okay. it. Okay. I don't think he plays. I hope he it, doesn't play.
2: He he didn't practice. Did you see Schefter's tweet? Which one? About Lamar. Mm-mm. I'll I'll get it I'll get it during the commercial the, break and read it verbatim. It it had a, <laughs> yo y'all got to be careful when you read Adam Schefter man he's a snake, mm. and you could tell who he's operating for when you read the tweet because he's never written a tw- maybe he has and I just have never seen it mm. but this tweet had a very specific tone to it. Mm. I'll read it to you verbatim.
3: Did you did you see what the Ravens did too with uh, Roquan Smith? I didn't. They they signed him to an extension. Oh, oh, right. And it opened yep. up the franchise tag. Yep. Yeah. If if I if I so yep. if I was if I was we,
2: we, but but are you surprised? No, not
3: we at all. We all knew this was coming. If I was Lamar, and I'ma just assume assume he doesn't want to be there, he could sign the franchise tag, and if I was I'ma just throw a team the Raiders, I'd go i I'd, I'd do it.
2: Pay the expense.
3: I'd pay everything. I'd pay him the money the trade. and I'd give him the picks. If Lamar Jackson is out there on the market, oh, yeah, you could have my – it's like first and second round or something like that, isn't it, with a franchise and you got to pay him whatever the medium is for the top quarterback or whatever.
2: Well, yeah. I, I think the idea is – no, I, I I think you can you can sign a player on one of the franchise tags because there's mm-hmm. different ones. Mm-hmm. Um you can you can sign him to but you have to make the trade with the team. Mm-hmm. Like Matt Castle, right? I think Matt Castle I think Matt Castle got the franchise tag from uh New England mm-hmm. before he was traded to to Kansas City. And you get the compensation. You get the compensation for that and then the the team has to uh the team. If pays. I was
3: if I was the Dolphins, yes. I'm making really? that move. You can have my first and second. I'm paying them $40 million. Wow. Lamar, come on to Miami. Man, you talk about
2: Jesse's dream come true. Lamar Jackson on the Dolphins, that would that, be Jesse's football. You, you dream. It, you're making uh, that
0: I, move, Jesse? Yeah, as of right now, I think two is the guy next year still. But if, if Lamar's out there, yeah, I want Lamar.
2: Well, <laughs> but I'm a Tua guy too. Well, Lamar's going to be out there just in a certain way he's going to yeah. be out there. Well, you, you were right. We should have held this up. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this. Uh, And we'll talk Kings basketball as well as the Kings take on the Rockets. That's all coming up here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
2: DLo and Casey continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Because I'm never going to remember this, I'm going to say this on the radio. I hope Triple H's contributions to wrestling never get lost because people look at what he did for wrestling in a certain light after he married Stephanie McMahon, mm-hmm. forgetting he was that dude before they married, dated like he was a guy who was on par with the like career trajectory in terms of wrestling, nothing else mm-hmm. as The Rock, mm-hmm. and the opinion on him shifted after he was dating Stephanie, and you know, then obviously it shifted one of them to spearhead quite, that, but he he he, no, he he was big time. He's he was big time. Like you you mentioned the Raw that you're watching right now, just watch him when Cactus Jack comes out for the first time. He's so so good yeah.
3: he he's, he was big time and to a certain degree he kind of came out of nowhere right like yeah he was the, the, the Simsley, yeah. yeah was like just i don't want to say a throwaway character but he was kind of a throwaway character He was he, just kind of out there it wasn't like he when this little chipper right there it yeah wasn't that.
2: he was a character i think vince actually really liked here here's a here's a fun story and i and he'll he'll tell you this to 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 this day Gr- at the time in ninety six
4: ninety
2: seven, mm. me and me and I've referenced him on the show many times. My man Io, my, mm-hmm. my shout out, best Io, friend man. of yeah. you know thirty still, years I or got, whatever. I still got
3: to break bread with Io, man. We got to get up, man, and, and break some bread.
2: My favorite wrestler at the time was Rocky Maivia, and I kept telling him, "Look, I know Rocky Maivia is going to be that dude. <laughs> He's going to be that dude." And he was like, "Nah, you know who's going to be the dude?" That Greenwich guy, the Greenwich <laughs> snob, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I was like, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" He's like, "Nah, man, that dude, he's he's, he's legit." Like, all right, what? Well, okay. And man, those two, those two, like they yeah. accelerated kind of at the at the at the same time.
3: Io Io seems like the guy who um, who can see things that other people don't see
2: yeah because I didn't see it in yeah. I didn't see it in Hunter he, he, he at all. like
3: nah, I'm telling you this dude you could
2: see nice. it in rock just because of his size like yeah. you could do something with rock remember Hunter used to be like thinner mm-hmm. and then he had that weird gimmick and <laughs> like that I just like most of us can't relate to whatever <laughs> Hunter was doing out there but yeah man that dude that dude was a star yeah think, think about
3: that like the the rock the rock was was blue chipper right but the two other big stars from that time kind of just came out of nowhere, fell into their lap between Triple H and Stone, Stone Cold. Cold. Yeah, like just kind of fell into their lap. They re- and hell, you can make the argument they didn't know what to do with those two Mm-mm. between Hunter Hearst Helmsley and the Ringmaster. They didn't know yeah. what the hell to do with those two. Yeah, and they just did their own thing.
2: Yeah, they 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 switched them to Stone Cold. They love telling the story. Yeah, he said Austin three sixteen just whipped your ass and then the next day there were Austin 316 times everywhere. No, there weren't. <laughs> like it was like cool and and oh that's a cool line and then nobody thought about Austin again really until he started doing the stuff with Bret Hart. Mm. And when he told Bret if you put the letter s in front of your name you'll get my exact opinion of you, that's when he took off. <laughs> that if you want to if you're a wrestling <laughs> fan and you want to go watch something, go watch Survivor Series 96. Yeah. Bret and Stone Cold at the Garden mm. before the I Quit match and all of that stuff from WrestleMania. Watch that; Man. it's tremendous. Um, we were talking about Lamar Jackson, and and I and because I was I was a special guest today uh, on the thirteenth <laughs> round. I I mean, and wait till y'all your hear thoughts this about episode. Eddie Hearn. Yeah, it was it was, well, you got to tune into the thirteenth round to hear it. That's uh that's content. That's Clown exclusive content. Anger. You got to check it out.
3: That's Patreon right there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, don't not, get, really, not Don't really. give it's anyone not, any ideas.
3: It's not really patriotic.
2: Here's Schefter's tweet. I'm, I'm, I wonder how this is being received. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to click on this. Mm. This was Schefter's tweet this morning regarding uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm. 38 days after he sprained his PCL, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed another practice, and he is on track to mix, miss his sixth straight game. Mm. I heard something. Yeah, I heard it too. Mm. Didn't say anything about Tua's concussion when he tweeted about Tua or how many days ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't mention anything about any other player. Didn't mention any days about any other player he's reporting Jimmy on Garoppolo? in terms say, of an injury. Say anything about Jimmy Garoppolo? Nothing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Looking at everything. Rec- no, nope, nothing.
3: Hmm. What what what, what I do you, I wouldn't go and and I I I'm gonna look I at the I love I'm gonna the, look at the idea quote I love the idea of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore Maryland I I love that because I think they I know they love Lamar but I I want to see him out of there I don't I don't want it because not only is Schefter making tweets like that. Oh, he was he was fed a little info. Oh, yeah, he was that's, fed that's what to say. Yep, that's he it. He was fed how to phrase it, and yep. they're they already ain't taking care of the guy because we're in this situation as is, but they're trying to paint something a certain way. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be, I, I'd, I want Lamar up out of there.
2: This, this right. is. I remember Harbaugh used to say, oh, "The deal's going to get done. It's no big deal. No, we're 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 going to get this done." He would say that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And now it's been years and years and man. years, and they still don't have a deal done. This man won an MVP award mm. Mm. and won't get a contract extension. This isn't
3: Kirk Cousins. Right. And I and into into um and I know you this weren't league, bro. you weren't trying to disparage him in any way. But in defense of Harbaugh, I no. think he really does believe, or he really did believe, hey, well. We'll get this. Done. No,
2: I would. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. a am- uh, that wasn't an attempt no, to disparage Harbaugh at all. I just wanted to be clear that was, for anybody who thought. No, that was. that was there was there was clear. This was going somewhere, mm. and then after the, De- this happened long before Deshaun Watson, long before Deshaun Watson. Then after Deshaun Watson, the narrative became, oh, Lamar wants two hundred and sixty million dollars guaranteed. Mm. And one, I don't blame his agent for fighting that. Right. But that narrative didn't exist the year prior. Yeah. Because there was absolutely no precedent for it, so why would an agent ask for that? Your agent's going to an agent's going to push the limits of what they can get. I don't think an agent's going to go, "Hey, we want, I don't remember what, 5 years, 260 million, no fully guaranteed."
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Cleveland did that out of an act of desperation. Yeah. And now it looks like they did it out of an act of stupidity. But we'll, you, some would say you did that no matter what. But we'll see how that develops next season. Yeah. I just can't believe this dude won an MVP award. Mm. Has is a, well? Not, he, oh, you you, you got to be a winner. Cool. Your season was dead with Joe Flacco under center, mm-hmm. dead. And then you and then and then then Flacco gets hurt. You put Lamar in there out of necessity, and he takes your sorry ass to the playoffs.
3: Facts. And, and here's it's ridiculous and, and cV man, cV Marcus cousin style cV I, I don't I understand what you're saying I understand what you're saying but now this is starting to look more like a Baltimore Ravens problem and not a Lamar Jackson problem because like I said if he's on the market and this is a, a I'm
2: gonna read the the, the, the message on the, I'm gonna read the message oh, yeah, on the, I mean, on the screen it, it. it's uh cV over at youtube.com and I actually forgot this as I just went on that little diatribe right there Lamar doesn't have an agent Hmm. Uh, and CV says Lamar needs an agent this offseason. real talk
3: but but this is what I say though and and we've been saying that for you've been saying that for for a while since this I all came up yeah. that he needs an agent but this is turning into this is turning into a Baltimore Ravens an indictment on them because I do believe that if they sign him to the franchise tag another team will 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 pay that and pick him up
2: yeah, but it's not like the, it's not like the Ravens have no say in it. Like the Ravens have to agree to it. It's not like he's just out there and you can go get him. Like mm-hmm. the Ravens have to execute this trade.
3: If they sign him, then uh, now we're getting really into the weeds. If they franchise him mm-hmm. and he signs it mm-hmm. and he doesn't That's play, it. does he get paid?
2: Oh, like he 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 sits.
3: Yeah, like my back hurts. Oh.
2: Well, that's not the same thing. If he claims he's injured, yeah, he gets paid. Yeah. If I'm he ta- just sits, I don't believe I, that he does. If I was
3: him, and especially in the NFL, I talk about this often. I know maybe it's contradictory to say, but the NFL, because you have something like the franchise tag where they can not want to pay you mm-hmm. yet hold all the cards to your career, that's exactly what I would do if I was Lamar, if I didn't want to be there. All right, I'll sign this franchise tag. I'm here. I got back spasms. Hmm. They could go away if you trade me, but – if you don't trade me, my back hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my back hurts, spasms, can't go. Uh, they want to play hardball. I'd play hardball too. And that's my own mind. That's my me and my mom's own mind. I don't need no agent for that. Mm-hmm. I'll sign that contract. I don't want to be here though.
2: I think the I think the biggest thing with an agent, man, is sometimes it's not what you can negotiate with the team, it's what you can leverage outside that particular client. Mm -hmm. And if you're an agent willing, if you're an agent who represents Lamar Jackson, you probably represent a handful of other really high profile football players. Mm -hmm. On different teams across the league, you deal with different general managers and all that different stuff. It's easy to talk to Baltimore, it's like, yeah, Listen, we've got to get this worked out one way or another, because you don't want this agency to be dead to you, mm. and that's where you that's that's where you 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 pay those fees and you you bring in someone from CAA or or, or, or whoever the top football agent is. Look, you don't want enemies with this agency. Mm-hmm. That's as simple as that. This is this partnership does not work anymore. You guys have decided Lamar is not your quarterback, despite how much he has meant for you winning. Let's do what's best for everybody involved, and let's get him out of here.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And you, you use you use your client list as a as a leveraging tool.
3: Yeah. Well, I'd use my back as a leveraging tool. Well, you could do that. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: you could you could use that.
3: Yeah. Do you think he plays on uh, Saturday? Hell no. Sunday? I think Absolutely they play on Sunday. not.
2: I think yeah. they, they play Sunday night.
3: Yeah.
2: NFL's got egg on their face. You put that game on on Sunday night not knowing whether Lamar Jackson cuz we joked when the schedule came out you you've got a you 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 must you must have gotten a call mm-hmm. like you know Lamar is playing you don't want to put that you don't want to put that game on on Sunday night if Lamar Jackson isn't playing
3: all indications are Lamar isn't playing mm-hmm. hmm. sucks for them should have put the Niners there uh I thought they were going to put the Cowboys there but I guess, you know, I was reading some things. I thought the
2: 49ers were getting the Monday night game.
3: I thought they were too if they were playing Seattle. And then I looked at it again, and I was like, well, maybe not. I th- I think I put the Bengals and the Ravens. Do, to, do the 49ers game. have the first playoff game? Yeah, they started off.
2: Yeah, they sure do.
3: They started off. I thought, I thought. okay, if they didn't get that, then they might get the Saturday night game. Um, they If they played the Packers, I thought they'd definitely get the Saturday night game. If they played the Seahawks, they get the Sunday afternoon game, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but they, I heard that ESPN had been kind of like pushing, like, "Man, y'all got to, y'all got to throw us a bone, hmm. y'all got to give us something, man." So they gave them Cowboys, Cowboys, but Cowboys, Cowboys, Tom Brady on Monday Night Football, Yeah, long game. That's, that's
2: really what it is, big time.
3: Yeah, that's big time. Because typically those, games, I think the the Cowboys almost always play Saturday night. That's that, that traditionally that's not supposed to be the the TV night but every time there's playoffs the Cowboys are on Saturday night.
2: You know what was apparently a bad TV night?
4: Hmm.
2: Monday. Hmm. Cuz no one was watching that college football uh, national championship. And when I say no one, I, it's kind of a figurative no one. It's I think it was 16.7 million. That's the lowest.
3: It's not a- it's thought it'd be more.
2: That's not a lot. Sixteen point seven. It's the it's the lowest they've ever had. For uh comparison purposes, last year, uh twenty two point five million watched it. Um Ohio State and Oregon in 2014, mm-hmm. 33 million people mm-hmm. watched that. That was the first so one. So right? about Ohio State won the first one. Yep. Yeah. So about well, how you need to know that. We just that Ohio State won the first just college know
3: football. What that was the yeah year. Ohio State won well, we the first college
2: football that.
3: uh, playoff. That's yeah. when LeBron took a break from basketball.
2: He did. He went to the <laughs> national championship to see Ohio State win. They beat see, Oregon. I don't that know
3: year. why we going over those minor details.
2: I just I'm just reminding you that Ohio State won the college football national and and Michigan won
3: theirs. Oh, let's Steve.
2: Jesse, could you look up when Michigan won uh, the college football playoff? I can't remember what year that was. I mean, this was. is just
3: a media-created situation. It's a national championship. Michigan won in '97. Charles Woodson, shout out to him.
2: I don't remember that game.
3: They went in the Rose Bowl. Shout out to uh, Lloyd Carr as well. Stop playing. You remember it. He was some there.
2: seventeen years old. Oh, Lloyd Carr, God bless him. They ran that poor <laughs> man did. out of town. They really. They really ran did. his ass <laughs> out of there. Geez, I would go twelve
3: and one every year. Dude, we'll lose <laughs> but lose But that
2: one, that's all that matters. You're better off going one and twelve. At that point. Uh, about half the amount of people that watched Ohio State and Oregon nine years ago watched TCU uh in Georgia. Two
3: things two things that, that speaks to me about. Um nobody in their right mind thought it was worthwhile to watch that game with TCU going up against Georgia like that that's yes that's a
2: beat down it 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 is but i think the i think the biggest issue that rating faces is ratings can grow over time mm. right the, there was no point like if you got home late mm. and you mm. you turned the game on oh i'm i'm i don't need to see this or you just looked at your phone right i don't even need to turn it on yeah, like I, it, I it, the, the yeah. game was over so quickly yeah you never that the audience never got a chance to grow, especially here on the West Coast. Yeah, there were. That's I mean, by point. the time that game, I, I, I was walking in the door. It was, there was like twenty-four points on the board for mm-hmm. T, uh For Georgia, there was no point in in getting invested in that game.
3: I, I may be a one-man wolf pack when I say this. You always are. <laughs> I think the NCAA. I think they need the West Coast. Specifically, they need SC. But
2: they'll, they'll they'll get it. Yeah, they need SC. Well, SC's changing its strategy here as it <laughs> pertains to as it pertains to recruiting. Don't be shocked if USC football is back in a major, major way in the upcoming years. The,
3: and the reason why I say that is I've talked about it before. It's not that in the South they don't care about football, you know, anymore. They they're gonna always do great in the South, but the West Coast is starting not to care about college because hmm. we don't ever see we'll never see these guys. Like I know me personally. I, that was my big thing last year. I don't want to see Clemson and yeah. and Alabama every year, and Alabama and Georgia. Like I've seen it for the last five, six years. I don't want to see that no more. I need to see something different. Do you, you think know,
2: Clemson Alabama would have done better than sixteen point seven million? Probably so. Probably so. I think they would have. Would have probably. Did, it was, wait, wasn't that when that one was last year?
3: Who Georgia be? It was last Georgia year? and Alabama.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said Clemson. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. I'm I, I mean, think
3: Georgia. they they. They would have done better than that for sure. No,
2: Georgia just won their second in a row.
3: Yeah, they beat Alabama.
2: Georgia, Georgia, Georgia and Alabama. Alabama. Okay, yeah. got you. I'm confusing myself. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Alabama's always there. That's the well, they, they, that's the third time they, they played there this year. each other. Oh no, this is that, that's the second time I'm thinking they're there this year. But they played. Yeah, they
2: weren't there. Did they play? Neither was Ohio State. Years? Neither no, was, was in there one year. Neither was Clemson was the other one. Neither yeah. was Clemson.
3: Um. But, yeah, I think the number would have been bigger. I think it would have probably been closer Poor to 20.
2: TCU. They ain't going to sniff a top four for a long, long well, time. But,
3: but, Boise State breathed some ice, games,
2: a life into you a while ago. but
3: those, those two games, those last two games, getting Cincinnati in there, which I advocated for. Which is ridiculous. And now TCU. Man, these little dudes. Like I said yesterday, they need to start their own national championship because <laughs> they ain't never getting back in that one. So you're
2: going to go play the swag. <laughs> <laughs> they
3: ain't yeah. never getting back in the big national championship game. They need to it's play their own, a own, their own little championship you, whoever game.
2: Whoever it is is going to have to win for like four straight years, have one loss on their record over four <laughs> years. Then you might get in as the four. You'll get blown <laughs> out. Well, actually, it won't oh, be the yeah, four at that time. At it'll that be point. the twelve.
3: They'll be, they'll be the well, 12. then you could
2: just get blown out in the first round, and it won't matter. As yeah, they're gonna
3: put all them teams against each other. The first round is gonna be Tulane versus Cincinnati. <laughs> they gonna make sure none of you guys sneak into this to this four. They They're gonna eliminate you guys early.
2: <laughs> well, one of them's got to move on. <laughs> they're playing each other. Someone's got to move on. Yeah,
3: but that's one out of there.
2: Yeah, you get one out. It's one out,
3: and then the other one. Well, that's why I
2: say like it's it's one thing to. You, you could win a game CCU mm. and they, they did a hell of a job they beat who i thought was probably the third best team in the country behind uh, Georgia and Ohio State which Stop. we saw on New Year's Eve was, was accurate the real national championship was played when you add power so i'm going to you know i'm going to f- forgive you a little bit for being kind of no pun intended in the dark in this conversation because you didn't actually get to watch the national championship when Georgia and Ohio State played. And Ryan Day decided, I'm going to go for a field goal and not try to get some first downs and some yards here and have my kicker go out and kick it 50 yards. Yeah, I hope he
3: gets a contract extension for this, too.
2: I bet you do. I hope he gets a contract extension. Michigan ain't never going to lose if Ryan Day just <laughs> keeps operating that way. I wonder
3: who's going to be the next Michigan coach. Huh. That's a
2: good question. I mean, Ryan Day now has to live with the fact he never beat Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> it's
3: like the only one that never beat Jim Harbaugh. Well. He's the only one that can say It's that. a great
2: question, though, that I really hadn't thought about is who will be the next coach of mm. of, of Michigan. Yeah.
3: Would you take Cliff Kingsbury? I don't feel like he's Big Ten Michigan football.
2: He feels like a Pac-12 guy to me. He's a little finesse.
3: A little too finesse for that smash-mouth Big Ten football. He needs to
2: be in Chip Kelly's conference. and.
3: Mm. Hey, maybe – no, we already got a coach. I'm going to say maybe Cliff can come to uh, Sacramento State. No, we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We got we a we coach. coach that plays yeah, defense. Yeah we're, what doing. yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good.
2: Thanks, Cliff. We'll pass. Straight. Cliff's calling about the Sac State job. That's what I heard. <laughs> right.
3: Maybe he can go to Cal. No, uh, maybe.
2: Well, <laughs> let's check in with Jason Jones Hey,
3: did you here. see – hey, there, there go Hammer. Hammer. Did you see uh, the odd quirk that, like, Cal is, like – Four and two in the Pac twelve right
2: now. I saw Basketball. the odd I saw the odd quirk that Cal lost to virtually everyone on the planet Earth.
3: <laughs> they did. And then they beat Stanford. They mm. beat Colorado. They beat there's another like above five hundred in the Pac twelve. How you lose to Cal State Maritime and then just start running roughshod in the in the Pac <clears> twelve? <throat> I don't know. I don't it's know. Odd. It's I don't odd. know. I like Cal though.
2: Sean Payton pretty much has his pick of the job. I don't hear as much about Harbaugh. Yeah, I think I feel it, like Sean Payton's interviewing with everybody, and he's just going to get to pick which job he
3: wants. Well, I kind of feel like uh, Jesse brought it up earlier. I think um, I might sit this year out if I was Sean Payton. I don't like any of these jobs. Uh, I don't like any of them.
2: Indy, Carolina, um, what a what a Arizona is Arizona a bad job.
3: You don't, there's you don't rumors. know what's going on with the quarterback. You don't know what's going
0: on. And, and there's rumors, too, they might move on from DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, yeah, too, because of his I contract.
5: That. I saw that, too. Bring Hammer in here.
0: What's up, James?
3: What's
5: going on? Yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins asked for a trade. That's the that's word say, on the street.
3: I would say come to San Francisco, but him and Moody Ward, they don't get along. Well, you have a coach. No, I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I was just talking about Sean Payton.
3: No, no, uh, we ain't... Kyle Shannon, hey, I need to do a poll right now. Would you take uh, the number one pick in an NFL fantasy draft, okay, or would you dude. take?
2: Kyle okay. Michael Kenny, s- switch that one up tomorrow.
3: <laughs> no, no, that wasn't even him though. That was uh, your boy Maddox. Oh, your boy. <laughs> Remember he did that for oh, Brad Stevens. Oh, that
2: was recycled. <laughs> oh. That was that was recycled. <laughs> yeah. new? That yeah. was recycled. <laughs> Jess, what a surprise! That was recycled. <laughs> Chris Mannix, goodness gracious. Come on, Chris. That's your boy, by the way. That ain't my boy. That's a boxing guy. That
3: is not my boy.
2: Let's talk Kings basketball and we'll do it at with our Kings insider and the creator of the Kings beat. James Hamm is here with us. We'll shift our focus when we return here uh on Sacramento's sports leader, Steel and KC on ESPN 1320.
3: No, no. back to d and KC. d and KC. On ESPN 1320.
2: ESPN 1320, 98.5 FM, qhd 2 Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. Yeah. Wherever you are, we appreciate you so much for being with us. We appreciate James Hamm for being with us. Uh, fresh from shoot around here today is the Sacramento Kings take on uh, the Houston Rockets tonight uh, at the Golden One Center. Uh, any news and notes coming out of shoot-around we should be aware of?
5: Yeah, actually, everyone was healthy and, and at shoot-around, and then we heard after the fact that Kevin Harder is now questionable with a non-COVID-related illness. So uh, okay. not sure if we will have red velvet this evening or not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, interesting. He was at shoot-around, though? You know, I I thought I looked around and everyone was there. Uh, I did notice that <laughs> Namias Keda and Keon Ellis were not in the building, even though they weren't on the injury report. Um, and the injury report for them usually says G, G League assignment. Hmm. Um, but then I got clarification, and they will be at the game tonight, even though I don't think either. Well, one of them might be in uniform if hurt or misses. Hmm. Um, but if not, they have a 15-man roster again after uh, picking up D- uh, P.J. Dozier. Okay.
3: What'd you think of Monday, Ham? Uh nice little beat down of the magic. The yeah, one that yeah, I think you tweeted it out and you're hundred percent right. And, you know, we, we need it. As fans, the kings need it, you know, as people who cover the team. We all needed one where it was like, whew, All right, easy win that we can, you know, relax in the fourth quarter.
5: Yeah, I think for the first time in what feels like a couple of weeks, that was a blowout. Like it wasn't even remotely close. And mm-hmm. and if you really look at what happened there, I mean uh Orlando played really well the game before, and then really, really well the game after. So, it kind of makes you feel like it, it's it might be a better win than you think.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, you know, that's a team with like incredible length and athleticism, and I thought the Kings took them out of their game really early. And you know, the Kings have an opportunity here against Houston for two games against a team that's lost seven straight and only has four road wins on the year and only has ten wins overall. Uh, This is a moment where you can't let off the gas, and I'd like to see them build some momentum, but also show that they can just drop the hammer on somebody and end it like they did with Orlando. Mm -hmm. Against bad teams, that's what you should do, and uh, you're know you going to have to figure out a way to build that momentum, so you can do that against good teams, Mm -hmm. and for me, this team plays really well against bad teams. They don't always win, like we've had some slip-ups here, but even the bad teams that they're, they're not really that bad. I mean, is, is Washington really that bad? Is Charlotte really that bad Full at full strength? I think Charlotte, I mean, uh, was it Washington went on a win streak yeah, after? Yeah, they
3: won like four or five in a row, well, including that game.
5: Yeah. yeah, and Charlotte, if you take away the injuries, that's not a bad team. And they got healthy three games before the Kings. That was kind of like the third game when you start to really figure out the flow and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the Kings have lost to a couple of teams that they you would hope that they wouldn't. But, I mean, the Lakers with LeBron James still, I mean, that's not a horrible team. It's just a team that's not winning. Mm-hmm. It's not a well-constructed team, but it's not a horrible team. That The Atlanta Hawks, team was in the Eastern Conference Finals like three years ago, two years ago. That's yeah, their not record this
2: team. year isn't even, like, bad. Yeah, yeah. They're in I just don't the like them, so I talk really bad about
5: them. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, I like, don't you. like you. I just don't
2: <laughs> like them, Ham. I don't know what it is. I just do not like the Atlanta Hawks. Um, yeah, but all of those reasons are why I told, uh, I told Kenny in the, the chatty house. I was, I was worried about this week and like my true enjoyment of the next three games. Cause you've got Houston twice. And then let's be real, it's on the road, but you're playing San Antonio after that. And it's like, man, I'm going into this, like, yo, the Kings should, by that point, by the time we get to, uh, MLK day should have four straight wins. Mm. Headed into that Wednesday rematch final uh, game of the season against the Los Angeles Lakers, and then back here for the Thunder, I think it's on Friday.
5: Yeah, how big is that game against the Lakers? I mean, if you can somehow string together these two wins here and then go to San Antonio and get that win, that'll put you four straight. But that Lakers game, if you can put them away right there, um, mm-hmm. not only would that drop them in the standings and all of a sudden you're talking about being the the fourth seed or the third seed in the Western Conference— but it also gives you the tiebreaker against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And that could come in huge later on down the road. I mean, yeah. you you never know with that team, especially if they they make some sort of strange trade that that makes them better or if AD comes back and somehow plays the last 40 games of the season. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Damn, I'm sorry.
2: That, you know. that wasn't nice. That's right. what duct tape's for. <laughs> that's a yeah. bad host. Bad host. <laughs> I hope he makes it. He's a good ball player. I do, too. I yeah. do,
3: too. But, I mean, that's a great point, man. I mean, I, and Damien, you brought it up, too. I mean, you could be, if you handle business, you could be setting yourself up for a nice little run. And we talk about numerous different times somebody in this Western Conference creating a little bit of separation. You have an opportunity to do that. We we talked about it a couple different times, James. Having a cushion for when the schedule kind of balances back out. You've got the opportunity to get that cushion. So far they haven't really taken advantage of it. But you got a, you got another opportunity coming up in the next four or five, six games to do that. We'll see what they're able to do.
5: Yeah, it was a nine game stretch that I was looking at where I thought they needed to go like seven and two, maybe worst case six and three, and then they dropped two of the first games. And so you're like, okay. Are we really going to think that this team can just rattle off seven wins in a row? I mean, is it possible? Sure, you know they've got they've got a couple more games here that they can easily put away, um, but you know you don't want to get too high, too low on this team. They they prove you wrong every single step of the way, and uh, yeah, you've got to kind of pace with them. Like, all right, where are we going this week? What do you think
2: about Keegan's response uh, in that Orlando game? Because much was talked about, uh, even <laughs> us that night. Over our old fashions and waters over at Sauce, we were talking about Mike Brown calling out Keegan Murray for having zero rebounds in that game. And uh, what'd you think of his response on Monday?
5: I think I think someone needs to make sure he understands what he was being lit up for, because what I saw was not a good response. And like he ended up scoring and he looked good. Mm -hmm. He hit a bunch of three pointers. That was great, but. It took him until the mid-second quarter to get his first rebound, and and the problem that I have, some people say, oh well, he's playing on the perimeter, or this is not how he played in college, or blah blah blah. Well, I watched the tandem of Chimbezi, Metu and Trey Lyles come in and crash the boards one one time after another after another after another. So why are they able to do it and he's not? And there were even some balls where like like dribblers rolling right to him, and he s- stood there and watched. And someone else raced in front of him and grabbed the rebound. I I just, he needs to have a sense of urgency that he doesn't have right now. And I thought Mike Brown calling him out was a bold move because, again, we haven't seen that from Mike Brown. And to be honest, we haven't seen it from many coaches over the last you know decade and a half in Sacramento where players, individual players get called out in the media. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... I, I didn't I didn't love the response. I'll be honest. He had three rebounds. That's not what Mike Brown's talking about. We don't need you to get your season average. Your season average is trash. Mm-hmm. We need you to average five or six rebounds a game, as a rookie, and we need you in year two or three to average seven, seven point five, and that's neat. That's who you need to be as a player, and and so yeah, was was he better defensively? Sure, but overall, I I don't think the response was there from especially like he went like five and a half quarters without a rebound. Hmm. That's crazy. It's
2: probably worth pointing out, too, that he, you know, we could talk about him being on the perimeter. We could make all of these excuses for why he's not getting rebounds. But what's clear is that Mike expects him to, and that's what matters. Mike's the one's putting, Mike is the one putting him in these positions offensively and still is expecting him to crash the boards or is expecting him uh, to get rebounds. So you don't need to, come up with all these different reasons as to why he's not. Mike is expecting him to, and that that's what matters the most. Because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have mentioned that in the postgame
5: the way that he did on Saturday night. I, I totally agree. And, I mean, look, all season long, the Kings have been one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league. Right now, they're third in the league in defensive rebound percentage at 74%. And and they're point .2 behind the Denver Nuggets for number one, and they're right behind uh, the Milwaukee Bucks for number two. Um, they're in a, a very good defensive rebounding team. But I'll flip the switch to the offensive rebounding uh, percentage, and they're all the way down at 24th. And I felt like early in the season we saw Mike Brown give up on offensive rebounding because his team was getting killed in transition. Mm. And that's not what they wanted. They Initially they want anyone that's from the the break of the three-point break and up like, to go back and get in, on defense – But if they're in the corner to the break, they're supposed to crash the offensive glass. And that just hasn't been part of what this team is doing. And then all of a sudden I'm watching Trey Lyles and, again, Shemezi Metu flying in, specifically Lyles, because he is in the corner stretching the defense. He's standing there at the three-point line. And all of a sudden he's flying in and grabbing these rebounds. And you're like, wow, look at Trey Lyles go. Trey Lyles got the memo. Whoever was handing out the memo, Trey Lyles looked at the memo Read the memo, said, Oh, okay. If I go rebound, I'll get more minutes. Yeah. I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know? So he like he's the guy who brought extra food to the potluck. And he's like, I got it. And the other guys just hadn't got it up to that point. And then we have Chimezi Metu have his breakout game, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah. um but again, it's about like understanding what Mike Brown wants. He clearly is a communicator. Mm he is telling these guys what exactly they, he wants from them in order for them to stay on the feet, on the court. Whether they pick up on it, whether they deliver is up to them. And so far we have spurts where some guys do it and then spurts where a bunch of guys just don't do the job that's being asked of them.
3: Hmm. I'm, just, I'm like thinking about everything that, that you're saying right there. And like you said, it really doesn't matter why anything is happening. It's the fact that that's what Mike Brown expects. And if it's not happening, it's a problem. But I'm like thinking, and it's like, uh, you know, based on on that, and they, they, I guess they don't necessarily do it too much anymore. But I don't. Do we see Keegan in the corner as much as Trey Lyles? Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I could. You would know better than I he's would. He's at have. the corner, and he's at the, you know, the.
5: Because a lot of those
3: shots is. that he makes are usually on the wing, top of the key, the the ones that he's, he's shooting those threes. It's it's not. It's above the bend. You know what I mean? So that yeah. makes me think a lot of the times that's where he's at. So he wouldn't even really be, it wouldn't necessarily be his job to go offensive rebound if they had that same plan in, in place. But it, like you said, Damien, it doesn't really matter. It's about doing it or not, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what Mike Brown expects. And it's not getting done to his liking.
5: Well, I mean, the Kings very specifically, their offense is is super basic, just from like where you're supposed to stand. Mm. And when you're running up court to get into your offensive set, two guys run to the corners, two guys run to the bend, and about three feet out, and then you have either your point guard or you have your center step into the middle and start orchestrating what's happening. That's their offense. So there's always going to be guys in the corner, Mm -hmm. and there's always going to be guys, the herder up top move, and then so they'll kick it to the right, and if that guy has a shot, he can go ahead and shoot it, but if not... He's supposed to take like one or two dribbles towards the corner and the guy in the corner comes out, he sets a pick on that guy, does a DHO and then the guy who is at the top goes to the, goes to the corner and that guy that was in the corner comes back out to the top and they start rotating around. Like if you watch their offense, it's very like rudimentary and then it has a bunch of like really cool sort of options that you can do out of your, your, your standard sets Um, so yeah, like Keegan Murray should be in that corner. If he's not in the corner at the beginning of the play set, he finds his way in the corner at, at one point or another. Mm -hmm. And if the ball gets swung around to the other side and it starts coming around, his job is to go underneath and go all the way to the opposite corner. So yeah, like the opportunity is there for him to rebound. I, I can't tell you it's, it's purely him not going in and getting physical and going up high for balls. Is this why you want to trade him so bad? <laughs> I don't want to trade
4: him. No. I, don't, no, I, I, ma- I, I misheard James. I, yeah, don't I,
5: I don't want to trade but But you have to understand, like, if I'm Mike Brown and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, man, I need to make the playoffs this year and, and next year and the year after. Like, I need to make sure that this kid mm-hmm. is growing and that, that he's going to be a, someone that we can rely on for these moments. Mm-hmm. And I think overall you can, mm-hmm. but you can't go through two, three-week stretches where you're not mm-hmm. getting – enough from him in these specific categories mm-hmm. i mean again that guy averaged 8.7 rebounds per game in college i told you guys in the beginning like his block numbers which is almost two a game that wasn't going to translate at all like at the nba level there's there's not a lot of opportunity for you to go get a bunch of weak side shot blocks if you're six foot eight uh like Paul, uh, small forward power forward mm. um, but the rebounds he should at least be able to get up to you know five and a half, six, seven, what you really want from him is figure out a way to be Tobias Harris. Like if you can be better than that, that's fine. But let's start there. Like you figure out how to be Tobias Harris. Figure out how to get six and a half, seven rebounds per game, even if you're playing with Joel Embiid, and then we can kind of build from there.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?